A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sheila Shoiga. And welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. This week, I speak to mother, wife and nurse, Geraldine Mullen. Just remember how precious life is and to cherish every moment. And just to tell the ones you love, you love them. And to hug and kiss. I would give anything to have chance Moss and Amelia here that I could hug them and I could tell them I love them. But instead I have to visit them in the graveyard. So I'm, I don't have that, that luck or that fortune anymore. But I did have it for 10 wonderful years with John, for 14 with Tomas and for six with Amelia. So, you know, on that day, I just wanted to say my goodbye and I wanted to let people know how lucky I was and what wonderful son, daughter and husband I had. Originally from Galway, Geraldine met John Mullen from Moville and Donegal in 2010. Two years later, they were married and they lived a very happy life together with their two children, Thomas and Amelia, until a devastating accident changed everything. On the 20th of August last year, a family day out ended in a nightmare when their car crashed into Loch Foyle. John, Tomas and Amelia tragically all lost their lives while Geraldine miraculously survived. In this conversation, she talks about how much she misses them every single day. The support from her family, friends and her local community and the Mullen Hope Centre, which recently opened to honour the memory of her gorgeous family. This was an incredibly challenging conversation for Geraldine for obvious reasons. But her strength and her composure are remarkable. Geraldine, thank you so much for agreeing to sit down to have this conversation. I really appreciate it. No bother at all, Sheila. So can we start off by 
by talking about John. Maybe the first time you met him and what made him stand out? Um, I suppose the reason John and I met is I'm a nurse um, and John's mum would have had cancer. So I would look after his mum probably for about 10 months. So uh, John would have diligently come in with his mum week in, week out when she was getting her treatment. Um, but at the time, you know, I th- you know, I wasn't looking for, for any romance or anything. And likewise, John wasn't looking for any romance either. He'd been in a, another relationship and yeah. that. So, um, you know, he dutifully came in with his mum and they say you can tell a lot about a guy by the way he treats his mum. So, mm. the, you know, he was so diligent every Thursday coming in, you know, driving his mum up, getting her treatment. And, um, you know, that's that's how it started. Um, and then I suppose his mum saw more than what John and I did because um, she knew... Um, you know, that I wasn't from Donegal, I'm Galway originally. So um, she had said, you know, why wouldn't I, you know, take a spin down and see where, where they lived in Maville. So myself and Tomás headed off one Sunday morning and uh, ended up in Maville. Um, John would have had a, a garden centre. So uh, myself and Tomás landed in. And uh, first of all, he didn't recognise me, I suppose, when I'm in my <laughs> scrubs day in, day out. Yeah. Looked different in your ordinary clothes. But uh, again, just his automatic instinct was to go over to Tomás and put him into one of the trolleys. And of course, when you're a three-year-old, putting into a trolley and running around the place, uh, it was idyllic. So, so yeah, just that was, that was the way that we met. And, you know, I spent the day with his mum and uh, we went for a lovely walk, you know, um, and she was offered her treatment at that stage. Um, so, yeah, that was it. And I just bought a house. So, um, again, John being the, the dutiful gardener that he was, had said that he would give me a hand with, with the landscaping. So, uh yeah, we exchanged numbers and again, Philomena had part to play in it because it was her that was instrumental in telling him, you know, Geraldine needs a hand and I'm not green fingered. John would have been very patient with me. So, uh, so she was matchmaking the whole time, really, <laughs> truly, obviously. Uh, yeah. She was, maybe she, you know, she knew more than me. John knew, yeah. you know, from the from the beginning. But uh, and it was lovely because, as I said, unfortunately, John's mum passed away a few months later. But yeah. John and I were together at that stage and. Uh, being the good mum that she was, she sat me down and just, you know, said how much John loved me and how much he loved Tomás and that, you know, mm. uh, as long as I was good to him, he'd be good to me. And I could see that from, from day one. You know, we were just, him and Tomás were like two peas in a pod and me and him just clicked uh, straight away. And it's true what they say, you find your soulmate. And then John, I did find my soulmate because, you know, he was my go-to person. He was the one that I felt safest in. If there was anything wrong, all I had to do was... John to put me in his arms and everything would be okay. okay. So, yeah. yeah, so like, you know, and it, it was lovely to know that I had, you know, Philomena's blessing because I have her to thank, you know, for, for getting me and John together. And uh, yeah, as I said, the rest is history. I fell in love and I met, mm. I met my knight in shining armour and that was John. Yeah. But he was so kind, she like, you know, it, it's hard to describe and I suppose... You, you don't realise what you've got until it's gone. And unfortunately, since August, all of that has been taken away from me so, so abruptly and so naturally. So, yeah. you know, for John, he was just so loving and so caring. Um, you know, we had two children. Tomás was 14 and Amelia was six. And he was he was the best dad ever. You know, he was able to laugh and run around and joke. But he did all the school drop offs and pick ups, all the after school if you were to ask Tomás and Amelia who was the better cook, it was Daddy, not Mammy, yeah. you know, and... He, he was an all-rounder. All-rounder and just such a romantic, you know, as yeah. I said, it'd be the wee card left on my pillow in the morning for no reason, you know, so... Go away. It was just all those, all those little things that made him stand out, made me unique. Yeah. 
So like, even though you only had the 10 years together, it sounded like you made every day count. Yeah, you know, again, I suppose you don't realise, I suppose, you know, when you, hindsight is a great thing. And when I look back on it now, all I have are memories. But luckily, I have so many of those memories. And that's what keeps me going on, on, on a daily basis, because, you know, we did so much together. You know, we did a lot of travelling. You know, he proposed out in Rome. You know, we did New York and Boston for our honeymoon. And then we did lovely family holidays, you know. So we did our Lanzarote, Fort Ventura, and then we were fortunate enough to go away with... John's sister Denise and Dave and the kids so we did a big family holiday to Australia we did mm. a, the one just before in uh, 2019 to Dubai so you know but then it was also family days out to the beach you know the day our, our accident happened it was just a family day out and for John family was everything you know so yeah. and for me you know my world was John's Moss and Amelia and likewise for John it was me and the kids you know so be it a a walk on Shrove Beach, you know, uh, and playing with the kids or, you know, out the back garden and splashing or the four of us over in the garden centre potting with John and him instilling in the kids, you know, the, the values of, you know, he used to say uh, a happy household is happy kids and happy kids grow into happy adults, you know. So yeah. the, the kids knew on a daily basis and I knew on a daily basis how much I was loved by John and, and for that I was truly blessed because I know I'm very fortunate not everybody gets gets that love that that I did from John and the unconditional love from Thomas and Amelia. You all had such perspective on what was important. You had your priorities right. We did. Now, look, don't get me wrong, we, we weren't perfect, you know, like every family, you know, John and I had our squabbles, but we yeah. would have always said the best thing to an argument was the kissing and making up, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the same with the kids, you know, the kids would have got timeouts, you know, and, uh, you know, like every family, you have your ups and downs, but the main thing is that we always stuck together and I suppose with COVID hit in, in March of last year, you know, everything had to slow down, you know. Mm. Um, and I suppose for us, the priority was, you know, we had each other and we were so lucky, you know. Um, my parents are in Galway. John's parents, unfortunately, passed away. So it was myself and John and the two kids. And I suppose looking back on it, I'm so lucky that I had that time. I unfortunately sustained an injury. So I was mm. off work for a period of nine weeks. and But those nine weeks for me now are a blessing because, you know, those nine weeks were at home with John, with the kids, doing the simple things. I wasn't able to do much because it was my back, but it was the simple things like reading to Amelia, you know, going for walks within our two kilometre and then when it went to the five kilometre, being out in the garden with John, planting new life and laughing and joking and doing silly things like camping out in the garden, you know. So they all seem simple and trivial things, but for me now, they're precious memories because... I don't have them here anymore, Sheila. So, so for me, all I hold on to now is is the memories of what we have. And yes, over those ten years, we did more than more people would do in a lifetime. So mm. for that, I'm so fortunate that I have that time. Even saying that you're fortunate to have that time shows the type of person you are that you have, um, despite your unimaginable pain, that you have such a beautiful perspective on on the time you had together. It says so much about you. Don't get me wrong, I, I am heartbroken and, and that's not going to change. And, you know, there's there's days where putting one foot in front of the other is extremely, extremely difficult. But on those days, then I think of all the happy times that I had with John, you know, the way he made me laugh, the way he made me feel, his kiss, his hug, his touch, you know, all of that. And then it's the 
unconditional love. You know, you're a mum, Sheila, the unconditional love you get from your kids. You know, you could have had a, a really busy day at work, you know, coming home after a long shift and all you want is the arms of your six-year-old wrapped around you and everything's OK. And likewise, I had a 14-year-old boy, but he was the most kind-natured boy and for him to snuggle up and give you a kiss and a hug, it made everything OK. So, yes, I, I was fortunate, you know, I know not everybody's as fortunate as I was to have found the love that I had. And, you know, every day is difficult and every day is hard, but every day I do it, I do it for them because, you know, they showed me what that love was. And I don't know how to say it. You know, it's like they're no longer with me, but they're always in my heart, you know. And when I am struggling and when I am down and when I'm finding things difficult, I close my eyes and I go back to a moment where the four of us were together, yeah. you know, and, and that keeps me going. Yeah. You mentioned the first time that you you came to the garden centre, to John's garden centre, and um, Thomas was only three and he, and he put him in the trolley. So obviously for those listening, uh, Thomas was your little boy from a previous relationship, but but John was definitely his daddy. Oh, yeah. You know, they can say anybody can be your father, but it takes somebody special to be your dad. And yeah. Thomas and John, anybody that knew them, they were like two peas in a pod, you Kicked know. straight away. Yeah, oh, they did, you yeah. know. And it went from being John to Daddy John to Daddy to Dad, you know. Yeah. And they were best friends, you know. We used to, me and Amelia used to do mummy-daughter time on a Sunday and John and Thomas used to do father-son time, yeah. you know. So it would be, but Amelia being Amelia wanted to, to cash in on it, so the guys used to have to make an excuse that Thomas had to go to a scouts meeting and Daddy had to go with them, but the two of them would head off into Derry and, you know, they'd do their yeah. bowling, they'd do their shopping, uh, you know, they'd do the cinema and they were just happy out and, yeah, they were, oh, as I said, the the love and the support and, you know, the guidance that John showed Thomas from, from day one was amazing and, you know, John made me the person I am, but he also made Tomas and Amelia the, the wonderful kids that they were, cause the love that he showed. And then likewise, the love that Tomas gave to John, you know, was was inseparable. The, t- the two of them were like, they were best friends. Like when we got married, Tomas was our, he wasn't our best man, he was our bestest best man. And yeah. him and John went on their own stag party and they got T-shirts made, the groom and the bestest best man. Oh, so. Stop. Gorgeous. Yeah, so, yeah, it was beautiful, you know. I was, Gorgeous. I was blessed to have two lucky men like that in my life. You were obviously very well suited to the two of you. Yeah, look, John, anybody that knows John, like, he would have had his garden centre in Maville for about 25 years and he was so kind-hearted, so quiet, but had a lovely sense of humour about him, so witty and, you know, like... One of his customers came in last week to see me and, you know, she joked about the time she came in and she was saying to John, you know, she was having problems with his plant and he says, well, there's only one thing you can do with that plant. You and that plant get on a, a plane to Lourdes because divine intervention, <laughs> you know, and the next line was, did you water it? You know, but yeah. yeah, and like with me and John, I suppose I'm more extrovert. John was more introvert, but we brought out the best in each other. So, but like I would start a sentence and John would finish it. And likewise, you know, he knew how he knew me better than I knew myself, and yeah. I would like to think I knew him better, you know. So we were there for each other, you know, especially with John with the garden centre from March till September. It was seven days a week, you know, 15 hour days, and you know, so I'd be there in the evening, you know, and try help him on my days off from work and stuff like that. So, so yeah, he, he was my best friend, and you know, yeah, he yeah. still is. So, you know, yes. I was I was so lucky, you know, we 
we, we were the yin and yang. We brought out the best in each other. Mm. After you were married, your little girl came into the world. Yeah, so our little ray of sunshine came on the, the 8th of October, uh, emergency C-section. But uh, yeah, she made her grand entrance and she had her daddy wrapped around her finger from, from day one. And likewise, her big brother. And she was, she was a, a little magical ray of sunshine. She was, she was beautiful. Yes. Um, yeah, she was. She was everything you'd want her to be and much more. Like she was so independent and sometimes she, she was more like me than I realised. So sometimes me and her would clash. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I used to say, you know, I could picture her at 16 and she would be so independent and no boy would chance his arm with her because she'd be well able to stand up to him, you know. And yes. But she was so giggly, so fun. And even though she was girly, girly, she was also a tomboy. Like, you know, you could name the amount of friends, you know, the the amount of girls, but she'd equally the amount of boys. And, you know, just a few days before her accident, her and one of her best friends, Louis, were climbing the rocks on the shore and she loved nothing more than, you know, tumbling about and jumping about. And, and as I said, with her her dad and her big brother, again, with lockdown, when I went back to work, the most, unfortunately, was our, was our babysitter. And at 14, you want to be doing far more than looking after your six-year-old sister, but they had such a special bond. He was... You know, I remember the morning we rang him to tell him that Amelia was born and he skipped around the, the kitchen with our next door neighbour um, oh, and then yeah. went into school and was so proud telling the teachers news that day that his little baby sister had arrived and, you know, he was so, so kind to her. But, but yeah, she ruled the roost, Sheila, like like most girls in any house, you know. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, and she loved her music, loved her TikTok, loved her dancing and... You know, like when I think of all the after school stuff and I suppose with COVID, we had to stop all that for a while. But, you know, prior to COVID, she would have done gymnastics. She would have done her Gaelic. She would have done her singing, you know, mm. um, her music, loved her tin whistle and that. So, yeah, she was a very active, uh, very lovable girl. Yes. And music was a was a big part of your lives, wasn't it? Yeah, like we were so lucky. John, you know, was a, he taught himself the guitar and... He should have been 52 weeks after the accident, so hanging on my kitchen wall is the guitar that I'd bought him that, unfortunately, he he didn't get to play. But, yeah, that was John's way of unwinding. You know, if he came in after a long day at work, he would just pick up the guitar and strum it, and like that, he'd be teaching the kids. And then we're very fortunate. Um, music, like in Galway, we've a, a very good music school up with us in uh, Merville. It's Keolan, and it's yeah. the traditional music, so... Uh, you know, Cloda and Roisin and all the teachers, Mary, you know, Tomo started off, um, you know, with the fiddle and then went on to the accordion and then Amelia started with the tin whistle. So, uh, yeah, music was always part of our house. And I suppose growing up in my house, we all sang. So, yeah. you know, we all had to have our, our party piece. piece so, yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, that's what I find difficult now is the, is the silence and the lack of music and the lack of noise in the house. Because, you know, you'd have Tomos, he was so diligent, he would have practised his his fiddle and his accordion, you know, diligently every day. Yeah. Amelia being six, there was a lot of distraction. So undoubtedly be Tuesday when she came in from her music lesson, Tomas would have to remind her again towards the end of the week and then she'd be practicing it hard on Monday night so she'd have her, <laughs> her tune learned off for Tuesday. So, uh, so yeah, there was always music and, and singing and dancing in the house. Yeah. And you mentioned there about the guitar that unfortunately John never got to play. So... He was due to be 50. Yeah, he was. Two weeks. Yeah, the seventh. After the accident. Mm, yeah, and again, John had a, a good few passions in his life. One was football. He was a, an avid Man United supporter. And then the other was 
space travel because I was just thinking of yesterday when uh, I heard about the the flight going into space from the Amazon founder, you know, his mm. wish for his 50s was that he wanted to go to um, Cape Canaveral and uh, see a rocket launch because he had, you know, oh, I remember the previous Christmas, me and the kids had actually got him uh, a Lego piece of the Apollo, um, you okay. know, and yeah. it was a 3D and him and Tomo spent like three days making it. He was, he loved everything to do with space, but unfortunately COVID put a paid to um, yeah. us getting away. So, but I had, I suppose me and the kids have been doing some plotting and planning. So for his 50th, we'd planned to get him 50 presents. So one of the 50 presents, and again, in hindsight, I'm glad that he got it. I wrote to NASA um, and just explained about the kind of guy that John was and the kind of father he was. So John sent me a message at work going, there's no way I'm waiting until you get home. But it was obviously a big NASA package, so they'd oh, sent him a wow. beautiful birthday present. But then they'd actually sent a present to Tomas and Amelia. So that was the joke in the house. I wrote the letter and I'm the only one that didn't get anything <laughs> from NASA. But he was delighted, yeah, they'd sent him all uh, memorabilia and wow. a personalised letter from them in the space station so and again his music his love of music so um he'd got, had a guitar and i had just knew that you know that was his passion so yeah i've i've done a couple of lessons on it since because it's uh, a shame to see i don't play the guitar but uh i'm patiently trying to learn it likewise with tomas's fiddle i've picked that up now and started yeah, yeah. yeah just i feel close to them when i'm playing yeah. them not playing them just as like john and tomas would play um but uh Again, you know, I'm doing the music lessons online with, with Clodagh in Keolan and the guitar lessons. It's uh, John's cousin, Paddy, that's uh, patiently teaching me online. So we'll see, you know, they, yeah. it, it keeps me close to them and it reminds me of them. So Yeah, yeah, of course. You were really, you were really going out all out for the for the fiftieth, weren't you? Uh, I, I suppose John always did everything for us. Like he always yeah. put himself last and put us first. So, you know. And he's he loved birthdays, but like even say if it was his birthday, me, Thomas and Amelia always got a party bag. Ah, so that's really? that's what he did, you know. So and Amelia used to love the idea of anybody's birthday coming up because John always did party bags. So oh. yeah, me and the kids had just decided, right, we'll spoil him. We knew because of lockdown that we weren't going to be able to go anywhere. Um, you know, and we just when I'd Poignantly, I'd asked John just at the beginning of that week what he wanted to do because things had just started to open up. But he says, no, he just wanted a family dinner in the house and that just the four happy. of us. And that's all he wanted. He said once he was with the the three of us, you know, when the four of us were together, that's all he wanted. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. Yeah. One of the presents that you had organised with the kids was uh, 50 photographs. Yeah, the mixed child, yeah. I suppose anybody that knows me, Sheila, I always have a camera in my hand, or more recently, it'll be the phone. Um, you know, and Tomás used to joke with me just recently, I suppose, with him turning uh, 14. You know, he said, Mom, one photograph is enough, not 23, but I'm <laughs> glad I got those 23. So, uh, yeah, so I, I've always taken photographs of, of the kids, of John, you know, of the four of us and that. So I got the kids to pick out their, their mixed tiles, so... Um, we had ordered 50 of them as a surprise and Amelia and Tomás had picked out the, the mixed tiles with me. So again, they're on my on my wall and on the kitchen. I put them up, um, but my brother put them up for me since the accident. So, so yeah, then again, each photograph tells tells a story, story in itself. And, you know, you can be transported back in time to because 
of the ones that are on the kitchen wall. I think maybe bar two, I've taken them all, you know, so they, you know, they can be a family holiday. There's photographs of our lockdown last year when we went to the beach and, you know, it was just different photographs. Tomás, World Book Day, Amelia, World Book Day, dressed up and, you know, John and I, because for his 40th, Tomás and I had got him 40 presents, but one of the presents was to Top Gear because, again, his... Favourite car is a Bugatti Veyron, but mm. I'm hoping he would have got the joke because we got the photograph of me and him in the smallest car ever. <laughs> I didn't like it one bit because I was squashed. But, uh, so, so, yes, that, that's one of the mixed trials. So, yeah, there's uh, yeah. a lovely collection. And I suppose in all of them, they're smiling, they're laughing, yeah. they're joking. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's happy times. And I need to think of the happy times to get me through the sad times. Yeah. A lot of people... Um realise the importance of photos when they've been through something really difficult themselves um, and I know it's something that's come up in the podcast itself before um, when I spoke to Cathy Stritch before and she said you know after what she had been through and her own loss that it was take the photo mm. get into the photograph mm. with your family with your friends with your kids whatever it is because none of us know what's around the corner anybody that knows me I love taking photographs I don't like being in them but Again, I suppose this last while, Amelia loved her selfies. So, you know, yeah. when I think of it, it was like, come on, mommy, we'll get a selfie. And, you know, the four of us getting a selfie, you know. And, um, yeah, it's just capturing that moment in time. It wasn't. And we were very fortunate. There's a, a, a local photographer who's also a very good friend of mine. So we had done it for the kids every year for their birthday. So there would have been two family photo shoots every year. Uh, and Nicola, as I said, it wasn't sitting down in his studio. It was going over to the garden centre and like the photograph we have of Amelia, she's in a one of John's baskets, you know. There's the four of us down on the beach and again John and Tomas messing but in seaweed in each other. So they're lovely natural photographs and Nicola she captured, you know, the essence of, of the four of us. So mm. I am so lucky and so fortunate that I had them and yeah, I, I've always loved photos, you know, and like my camera unfortunately didn't survive the accident but amazingly the, the memory card did and Amelia would have been playing Gaelic um, and she was so proud. She was with the under eights in Meville GA. So I had photographs of her game and that would have been just about 10 days before the accident. So I'm so lucky I have those photographs because the photographs on my camera were up until a few days before the accident. And again, I suppose that's all with our mobile phones now. There's a, a TikTok of Mam and Amelia just two weeks beforehand and, you know, John and Thomas and Amelia a selfie that they had taken. And um, yeah, so... They are, they're, they're so precious because unfortunately, as, as you know, your previous um, Cathy would have said, you know, that's all we have. They're, they're so precious and then and the reminders of, of what we have. And for me, my life changed in an instant and, you know, I, I can't turn back the clock. But when I open a photo album or when I look at the photographs on the wall, they bring me back to that moment in time. And, you know, through the tears, I'll, I'll get a smile and I'll, I'll think of the fun that we had that day. Are you able to bring yourself back to those times or is it, are there, are there some days that you can and some days that you can't? Yeah, it's a, it's a mixture, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm conscious that the first anniversary is, is imminent now and for me I find it very difficult that it's it's almost a year since since I got to hold the, the three most important people. So, you know, when when I think of what how I'm going to manage and how I get through each day, you know, I can hear the three of them talking to me and I can hear Tomas and Amelia saying, come on, Mommy, you know, it's just another day. And I can hear John saying, you know, 
come on my god my girl just keep going keep at it you know so for me thinking back of, of John laughing and you know watering in the garden centre and you know that the four of us there potting last year and you know Amelia loved nothing more especially the weather that we're having at the moment you know she loved nothing more than John after he finished in the water and him blasting over the water and invariably the four of us would end up soaking wet but we'd end up with giggles and laughter so I have to hold on to those because you know th- that is my fear and that is my worry that I'll forget what their voices are and I'll forget what they sound like so for me to listen and to look at the photos and to think back it gives me some comfort and it gives me some peace you know and it also gives me the strength and the courage just to keep going because, as I said, I need something to keep me going every day. So I look for a little bit of hope. And, you know, for me, if I'm struggling, then I think, yes, yeah, I'm so lucky that I had them. I'm just heartbroken they're not here. But because of that love, I keep going and I keep going for them. Yeah. I'm blown away by your, your strength. And it's something that I certainly think was observed by anyone who um, was aware of their funeral and how you had the strength to write such a beautiful and articulate and powerful eulogy and then deliver it. I suppose the, like the day of the funeral everything I said was from the heart. I broke my hand so I didn't yeah. write anything. It was just all off the cuff. Did you get anyone to write it up for you? No. Did you just speak from the heart yeah, on the day? Just, just Did from the heart. Yeah, like you know, wow. I wanted everybody to know John Smos and Amelia the way I knew them. And unfortunately, you know, nobody should have to lose their entire family, you know, at once. And, you know, I'm conscious I'm grieving. But for my mum and dad, they've lost their son-in-law and their grandchildren. For John's family, they've lost their brother and their niece and nephew. And for my family, they've lost their brother-in-law and, and their niece and nephew. And for my niece and nephews, you know, they've lost their cousins and their uncles. So, you know... Everybody knew a bit of John Thomas and Amelia, you know, our friends and family knew him. But I suppose I was fortunate enough that I knew them the most. And yeah. on that day, I just wanted to give them the send off that they deserved. You know, yeah. they didn't deserve to to all go the way they did. You know, and for me, it was it was my final goodbye. And again, that that morning, you know, as we were doing the cortege to the church, I just asked the three of them to, you know, give me the strength just to get through the day and you know get up and say the few words and you know my dad got up first and, and said a few words and my dad is a the kindest most caring man ever going you know he's 83 years young but you know so young at heart and you know I, I took my guidance from him he got up and said the few words and then I thought no you know everybody needs to hear it and I suppose yes the day of the funeral you know my echo and I would still say it again is you know just remember how precious life is and to cherish every moment and just to tell the ones you love, you love them, and to hug and kiss. I would give anything to have John Thomas and Amelia here that I could hug them and I could tell them I love them. But instead, I have to visit them in the graveyard. So I'm, I don't have that that luck or that fortune anymore. But I did have it for 10 wonderful years with John, for 14 with Thomas, and for six with Amelia. So, you know, on that day, I just wanted to say my goodbye and I wanted to let people know how lucky I was and what wonderful son, daughter and husband I had. Yeah, and you did. And you did so beautifully. Not that you should have ever have been in that position to do it. And certainly, whatever you believe in personally, um, 
they would have been smiling down on you and been so proud of you for what you said. Oh, I definitely think it was the three of them that got me through that day because, again, I would not wish anybody to go through what I go through on a daily basis, you know, every second of every minute of every hour. I'm, I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I'm grieving. But, you know, I wouldn't wish it on, on anyone. Um, but I firmly believe, you know, that John Thomas and Amelia is what gets me up every day, gets me through every day. And when it's my time, we'll be all together again. Unfortunately, the hard part for me is, is waiting between now and until it's my time. But until then, you know, I just want to be the best I can for them, you know, and they showed me so much love and kindness, you know, as I said, I, I feel fortunate that I was so lucky to have been married to John. I was so lucky to have been Thomas and Amelia's mammy, you know. So for me, every day is a struggle, but every day I just keep going because I, I want to be, and I want them to be proud of me, you know, that they were so full of love and they were so full of life and joy and they were so young. Like, you know, for Amelia, she did so much in her little six years, you know, and she bought joy to everybody that knew her and likewise to Moss he was a, a kind handsome 14 year old you know um, and as for the love of my life John he was such a sweetheart um, you know so they had so much love and so much living yet to do and unfortunately that was all cut short so in essence I'm living now for the four of us yeah and you feel that is it is it something that gives you strength or is it a, a responsibility you feel to, I suppose, um, you know, keep their spirit alive? Yeah, I think it's both, you know. Yes, I feel that it's them that's, you know, making my heart beat, keeping me going. But then I also feel, yes, it's a responsibility as in, you know, they had so much living yet to do. And unfortunately, the events of our accident brought all that to an abrupt end. So in in part, it, it's me, you know, carrying on for the four of us. And yeah, it, it's keeping their spirit alive. You know, anybody that knows me knows I love talking about John and the kids. And yes, there are tears. and But there's also smiles where we can think of fun times that we have. And like you never get over the grief. You just learn to live with it. Like, you know, I'm coming up to the first anniversary and it still only feels like five seconds since our accident but then in another breath it feels like an eternity since I saw them so you know I'll I'll never get over it I'll just learn to live with it over time Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I obviously won't ask you to go into the accident. I, of course not. It's too difficult and it's not appropriate. But um, you did mention that the day itself was a family day out. It was, you know, if, if, if you, I suppose sometime before the kids were going back to school and you wanted to just take a day out to have time together, the four of you. Yeah, I was on leave that week from work and the most was due to go back to school the following week. He was so excited going back into uh, junior search and seeing all his friends. And then Amelia was all excited about going into first class because it meant she was going to be in school till two o'clock or three o'clock, should I say, instead of two. So... John had taken the, the rare day off. I had been down home in Galway um, to see my parents at the beginning of the week and originally we were supposed to do, again, poignantly, uh, Stairway to Heaven, uh, boardwalk in Coolcown for Manor. Yeah. But Storm Ellen on the Wednesday, John said it was going to be too rough. So instead, um, we decided we'd do a, a family day. So the morning was kind of spent just getting the kids' uniforms um, getting some stuff for the house. Um, Amelia had just recently got new bunk beds, so she had wanted some accessories for her bedroom. And um, we decided we'd go on into Derry. Um, we did bowling, we did the cinema, and uh, we did a family dinner. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a beautiful day out. As I said, John had been so busy because with lockdown, he wasn't allowed to open the garden centre and he could just do deliveries, but then was allowed to reopen on the... 18th of May in line with phase one so I suppose last year nobody got away so everybody was concentrating their garden so it ended up being a, a busier summer than he expected so yeah. you know he hadn't had a day off so um, and again anybody that knows John he was all about family so for him getting a day off with us was and you know again poignantly he was taking the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday so we had you know all kids were all excited you know mammy and daddy had a, a day off and the four of us could head off together so uh, yeah the day itself was was beautiful you know it was simple things as I said you know going to the cinema getting the popcorn and the drinks and as I said again Amelia had had picked the movie uh, Snow Queen so the boys dutifully obliged although I'm sure knowing Tomas and John they would have uh, preferred something <laughs> a bit different but but yeah it was just the four of us and again the bowling uh, again like if you know I close my eyes and I can picture the four of us doing the bowling and the last and the giggles, Amelia trying her hardest to get a strike and the bumpers up and uh, John and Tomas being competitive, trying to see which one of them would, would get a strike and that. So, yeah, it was, you know, fun. And then just the four of us having dinner and plotting what we were going to do for the next couple of days and, you know, just enjoying being with each other and have, having a lovely family time. Yeah. And then you were on the way home and disaster struck and we're all aware of what happened so we won't go into it um, can you talk about when you were rescued unfortunately you know four of us were going home that night and I'm the only one that survived the accident so you know the the trauma and, and, and the grief you know they'll stay with me forever you know the 
the flashbacks and, and the hurt and the pain, knowing that your knowing that your husband and your son and your daughter are are all gone, um, is indescribable and 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 so difficult and and so it's the pain and it's the hurt. It's like a it's like a somebody's got a knot and they've basically tied the knot inside your stomach, but then they're also pounding you and you know so. That that pain and that suffering, knowing that the three most important people are are all gone, you know it's it's heart wrenching and yes, the night that was in it, everything went against us. Unfortunately, a uh, perfect storm, but against us. And but I'm so grateful for, and I know I said that subsequently, you know, to all the rescue services, to the fire brigade, to the coast guard, to the paramedics, to the guard of Shiacona, to everybody that stopped, you know. Because of all those people in unison working together, we managed to get John, Thomas and Amelia and I managed to bring them home and I managed to, to say my goodbye to them, you know. So for for that, I'm I'm, I'm truly grateful. Um, but, you know, the, the rescue itself was harrowing and, yeah. you know. Yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um, as you said, life since is very painful. Yeah. Not a day goes by that you don't feel it. And it's impossible for anyone listening who hasn't been through the type of grief that you've experienced. It's very unique and um, profound level of grief. Unfortunately so, you know, everybody that, you know, everybody's got their own grief journey and I would never belittle somebody's grief. You know, somebody would say to me, oh, you know, I don't know how you get through it. and Or, you know, for, for me, unfortunately, it, it's threefold, you know. I've got the three birthdays, I've got the anniversaries, I've got the Mother's Day, I've got the Father's Day, I've got Valentine's Day. You know, there's there's something, you know, it's the blessing of the graves. It's it's Amelia not getting into second class to make her first Holy Communion. It's Tomás not doing his junior cert. So, yeah, the, the, the grief is so profound and so surreal. Um, and, and some days are, are heart-wrenching and so difficult, you know, and... That's why I suppose, again, something I keep saying to myself, it's a day at a time and sometimes it's an hour at a time and then sometimes it's moment to moment, you know, because, yeah. you know, I never know from one day to the next how I'm going to be feeling first thing in the morning. Is that so difficult? And last thing at night, because first thing in the morning, you know, for a brief instant, I look to see uh, the kids coming in the bedroom door and I look over and John's not lying on the pillow beside me. And then I realised that it's after the 20th of August and life as I knew it prior to the 20th of August is no longer there for me. You know, so, yeah, each day is extremely, extremely difficult. So I just try, you know, as I said, get through it as best I can. Some days I'm not in good form and those days are the days that I just have to try that bit harder to get up and get out and keep busy. You know, I'm I'm lucky... I have a, a very good network of work colleagues, so I'm, I'm back to work since February, you know, so, and I'm back part-time because I'd rather be at work part-time and stay at work and be there for my patients because I'm a nurse as opposed to struggle with the five days. Um, yeah. And then I've got a very supportive family, my family, John's family, but then the, the wider family, you know, I I can't... Um, I don't know how... I, I can't thank the people of Maville and the wider Inishowen area, like... 
you know, I'm a blow in, you know, as they would say. Um, but they have firmly taken me into their hearts. And, you know, John used to call me his Galway girl, but, you know, I'm firmly a Donegal girl now too. And, you know, that's where I'll be for the, the rest of my days. But, you know, the support in the community, it, it's true with the say a community raises a family and, you know, the way that they have surrounded me with love and support, you know, since the accident. And, you know, that's enabled me to, you know, to keep going. I'm I'm back doing the Gaelic football training, you know, uh, with the under sevens. And I've got a great bunch of girls, you know, and a, a great mentor and friend, Mags and Aoife, you know, who are there with me on a Saturday morning and to see the kids playing. And the hard part is, is walking off the, the pitch at the end of training session and Amelia not holding my hand because that would have been our our usual Saturday morning, you know, I would help out Mags and then me and Amelia, when she'd finished her training, would invariably go back and, you know, get organised with John and Thomas, um, yeah. you know. So, yeah, each day is difficult, but being back at work gives me a bit of a focus, you know, helping out with the training. I'm I'm doing sea swimming now, so again, I've got a another great network of, of women that are, are there to help me. I know you do some swimming yourself, Sheila, and yeah. I suppose, you know, People look at me and wonder why I went in the water when it was the water that took all my family. But again, for me, I suppose swimming is healing for the soul. And for me, this fight has an awful lot of good memories. Yes, I have that horrendous memory, you know, that will never leave my mind. But I've also got the good memories of Tomas in the water, Amelia splashing. She had just done her water safety course the week before the accident. And John growing up beside the sea was an avid swimmer. So... You know, I, I get in the water as much for them as, you know, as I do for myself. And as I said, you know, that the ladies that I, I meet on a Sunday morning or for a nighttime swim, you know, they, they've helped me on my journey. So, yes, the grief is profound. The the grief is unique. And unfortunately, it's, it's a journey that I've been put on that I had no choice or part in. But it is what it is. So, you know, I just take it as it comes. And, you know, I've... I firmly believe in mental health as well as physical health. So I've got a great counsellor, you know, that I can yeah. I can speak to and I can offload, you know. And for me, you know, that's my safe place. You know, if I'm having a, a difficult time, I know I can, you know, have my counselling session. That'll give me some coping strategies and some coping mechanisms. So and it's a journey. This, You know, this is my journey going forward. So, I, you know, I can't change what happened. I wish it could be the 19th of August and we decided to to stay home and none of this would have happened but I, I can't unfortunately so just learn to navigate where you're at now yeah, yeah and, that, and it is it's just a day at a time and you know you just have yeah. to, to navigate it as best you can so John's garden centre was another passion of his and obviously he was brilliant at what he did and um, you know as you kind of mentioned like the banter with customers and his knowledge and his wisdom and expertise now that he's no longer here, you're keeping his spirit and and Tomas's and Amelia's alive through this new incarnation with the centre that is now the Mullen uh, Hope Centre. Can you can you tell us about can you tell us about it and 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 I suppose what hope stands for what you what your hopes and dreams are for the centre now? Uh, yeah, as you said, you know, John was so much part of the, the business community there in Meville. Uh, he had the garden centre for like 25 years. So yeah. um, and we literally live over the hedge from the, the garden centre. So for me, we had to close on the 23rd of October again in line with COVID. So, you know, the, the eeriness and the quietness of the, the centre was very difficult. You know, it was always a, 
a hive of activity. It was always a place and again, I suppose more so than anything last year with COVID outdoor spaces, you know, everybody had said it was, you know, safe. So for a lot of people, the garden centre was the place that people would come, they would gather, uh, you know, and it was a place where people could chat and see each other safely. So I suppose for me, I found it very difficult, you know, seeing the place closed up. Um, again, people that know me, I'm not green fingered. John was very patient. He did teach me a lot over our, our years together. Um, but, you know, I, I don't have the skills and knowledge. And plus, you know, John would always say, do what you're good at. So I, I'm good at the nursing. So, you know, yeah. there was no point me going into the garden centre business when I didn't know or did have the skills or knowledge that John had. So um, I suppose the way I probably like to describe it is John always it was into planting new life and plant a seed and the seed will grow. You know, he would have done that with the kids and show them how from a wee seed, you know, a bud will form and then your plant and how it can grow. So I suppose for me with the Mullen Hope Centre, it started as a wee seed. Um, I, I can't do this, you know, by myself. I've got a, a, a great um, committee and I've got a, you know, a great group of friends that have rallied around me. And again, just the support of the rider community. So... Um, I wanted to, to rename the centre in memory of John Thomas and Amelia, so that's why we called it the Mullen Hope Centre and hope standing for the hub of positive energy because I suppose I look for a little bit of hope each and every day, Sheila, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, every day is a struggle, but, you know, the hope could be a text from a friend checking in. It could be, you know, a neighbour seeing me on the short path when I'm walking the dogs and just, you know, nodding and letting me walk on, but again, just checking in that I'm OK, um, so that's where the idea of the, the Mullen Hope Centre and again I suppose the with COVID-19 there's so much stress there's so much anxiety you know and outdoor space you know the, the garden centre it's almost an acre of space there between the tunnels and the outdoor area so again just you know I'm afraid to name people individually because I'm going to forget somebody but you know the hub squad will know who I mean when I say them and yeah. you know then the local businesses that have given of their time and you know, the amount of people that donated, you know, slabs to concrete to, you know, the clean up days to painting. Um, John had only recently done up the garden centre the winter beforehand. Him and Thomas had uh, painstakingly made 60 uh, hexagonal uh, benches, all different sizes. So I suppose an aerial shot, it looked like the Giants Causeway, somebody described it at. So yeah. again, I wanted to keep John Thomas and Amelia very much part of it because Amelia did help making it as well. So, you know, we... We spent Manny's evening painting them um, and getting them ready. So I suppose it's for me, it's giving back to the community, Sheila, because for me, the community is what keeps me going and it's adopted me into the, their fold. So um, I suppose it's a it's a place where people can come to gather, to, to learn, you know, to participate, to, you know, chat. So we actually opened it there on the 4th of July and we started with farmers markets yeah. um, every Sunday from 10 until 2. And. It's great, like, you know, I have another farmer's market this Sunday and there's 24 local businesses, you know, so for them, it's them being able to showcase their talent. You know, you can get your tea and coffee. Again, Keolan, the, the local music group, the kids as young as three and four, up to the adults, bring an instrument and they're all playing, you know, of their time. So there's music, there's teas and coffees, but then you also get to, to have a banter. You know, some people have said, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's their first time out in a year, year and a half yes, and seeing people and yeah. you know, so so for me it's it's giving back, you know. Um I, I'm very much passionate about 
kids and although my kids aren't no longer there it's lovely to hear other kids running around laughing you know we had a, a, a summer camp in it last week and you know we Donegal Youth Services user we did a bike safety course you know so it's it's whatever the community wants to use it I'm happy enough you know I'm hoping you know the the men's shed will use it and when singing is allowed again that we can have a wee concert you know because John's love of music you know I would like it to be used from the very young to the very old. And again, you know, if, if I can get funding for different projects, be it play therapy for kids, for stress and anxiety post-COVID, to health and fitness. You know, we had a yoga instructor up there last week and she did yoga with the four-year-olds and the seven-year-olds, you know. So it, it's, it's utilising the space. It's a big outdoor space. There's three tunnels. So poignantly, the main tunnel is named after John. And the next tunnel is named after Tomas, and then the the newest tunnel is named after Amelia. Um, you know, so it's lovely for Amelia's friends and Tomas's friends, and likewise John's customers to be able to come back through the gates and and for me to to hear that hive of activity over the hedge. It's lovely again, you know. So again, as as John would say, you know, plant a seed and it'll grow. So it's it's whatever the the Inishon community wanted to be. It'll hopefully grow and evolve over time. Um, you know, be it music concerts, be it, um, you know, horticultural projects. Hopefully the schools will be able to use it from September onwards. John would have always done family fun days for the plague schools. He would have always had transition year students, um, you know, and he would have always had different groups up. So I would like, you know, the, the daycare centre to be able to come up. And if I can get a wee project for, for horticulture planting, you know, that we'd be able to do it. And again, there's... Um, a festival next month, the next village to us, Red Castle, do a sunflower festival. Um, and they've kindly done it in memory of John, Tomas and Amelia this year. So yeah. I had kept John, um, Tomas and Amelia's sunflower from last year. So out of their one sunflower, I got 170. So I have them all in the centre at the moment. So oh. they should hopefully be blooming in the next couple of weeks. So come the anniversary, which is going to be very difficult, you know, to see kids running up and down amongst the sunflowers and they've all written their re notes and stuck them onto the sunflowers. So, you know, they're from we friends of Amelia's looking for another TikTok, John's customer saying how much his touch is missed in their garden to Tomas's friends saying they wish they could go back on the bus into Derry with them again for a day out, you know, so it's, it gives me the, the strength and the hope and hopefully for the community it'll give them the, the strength and hope to keep going because as I said, I'm, I'm conscious, yes, I'm on my journey, but for a lot of people, the last 18 months, through their own difficulties and strifes, you know, it's been a difficult time. So hopefully having a, an outdoor space, the, the Mullen Hope Centre will evolve over time and, and be a place where people will, will feel safe, but they can come, they can laugh, they can smile, you know, yeah. and it can be a place of, of learning and that. It sounds really beautiful, really beautiful. And, uh, you know, I know you, you speak so fondly about the community there, and how good they've been to you and how you feel that, you know, you've been supported by them. But, you know, they clearly love you very much and loved John and Tomas and Amelia. And that's why they're there for you, because they know how important you all were and are. Um, and and I know that, you know, keeping their spirit alive and not forgetting them is really important to you. You'll never forget them, but neither will anyone else. They'll, they'll always be there because the centre will always be there and they'll live on through the beautiful work and uh, the laughter and joy and the beauty and the creativity that happens within the centre. So well done um, for, I suppose, for having the courage to actually um, 
bring it together as an idea and then bring it to fruition and, and what it is today. And no doubt it'll continue to, excuse the pun, but blossom over time. Yeah, exactly. You know, John, John would like that analogy. Yeah. So he would, you know, it's, it, it's in its early days. You know, there's a, a lot of, you know, I suppose I'm I'm back working part time, so there's no way I could do it without the list of volunteers and the, and the committee and and all the people that have helped me get it to the stage that it's at, you know, and, and for that, I'm, I'm very grateful because it's true, you know, as a community, you know, you're stronger and, you know, they've definitely taken me under their fold. And I suppose as a family, you know, we were very much involved in, in different aspects, be it, you know, the Gaelic, be it the music with Keolan, be it the Sea Scouts, you know, um, you know, and then John being a part of the business community, you know, and I, I am so lucky that, you know, they're so protective of me and, and they're so warm and they're so giving, you know, and for that, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm truly in awe of everybody that, you know, stepped foot inside the centre, you know, and as I said, so far, the, the feedback has been very positive and as I said, yeah, it'll hopefully grow, you know, it's over time and, yeah, as I said, hopefully John, Thomas and Amelia will live on in everybody's memories you know through the and you know when I hear a little kid laughing I would like to think that it's you know Amelia giving thumbs up and yeah. when I see you know John's customers walking through you know John, John would like that and as for as for Tomas you know you know some of his friends were there last week and we have a, a selfie booth as you know Amelia would love the selfie booth so yeah, yeah so you know, seeing Thomas's friends in the selfie booth was lovely last week. So, so yeah, every everybody is getting to to utilise it, and I'm I'm just happy that the space can be used. You know, I'm I'm just I'm grateful for all the support I've been given since our tragedy in August. Um, but I just want to give back. You know, and you know, hopefully that'll continue for many years to come. Yeah. Do you feel them with you still? Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, but yes, I do feel them with me because, you know, I'd give anything that I'm not sitting here doing this conversation with I you know, and that the four of us are on a family day out. But Absolutely. unfortunately, life unfortunately doesn't go as you planned. So, but no, I feel them with me. You know, uh, I talk to them all the time. I journal. I write to them. You know, I sing. Um, you yeah. know, my my brother uh, lives overseas, but he's very good at writing and. I asked him, would he write me a song? So he wrote me a song and I put the air to it. So, you know, people can hear me at the grave sometimes singing to them. But yeah, that that's my way of of talking to them and that. So yeah, no, they're, they're with me always, so they're... Yeah, and they always will be. Yeah, yeah, they will. Geraldine, I'm uh, I'm just astonished by, by you, by your strength uh, to be able to have this conversation today. And as you said, I so wish you weren't here either. I so wish we weren't having this conversation for you but I'm also um, really thankful to you because I think uh, an unexpected gift that they have left behind is that they've taught and you've taught us all to appreciate life and appreciate the people in our lives be it our parents or our kids our friends or whoever we have in our lives because tomorrow is not guaranteed for anyone No and you know, I suppose if John Thomas and Amelia's legacy is that, you know, people get to hug their loved ones, that they tell their loved ones they love them and that they, you know, enjoy every day and cherish every moment because, you know, I know for all the wrong reasons, you know, how precious life is. You know, I'm grateful for the life that I had with, with my three most important people, 
but unfortunately I don't have them with me anymore so you know if if John Thomas and Amelia's legacy is that a little kid gets a hug from his mum and dad or as you say you tell your loved ones whoever that may be you know and that you cherish every day because no none of us know what's around the corner and none of us knows what tomorrow will bring you know so yeah yeah, just to to enjoy life and to appreciate it and to and again I suppose what I've learned as well is not not to lose hope you know to always reach out you know as I said I found from the love and support I've got from my family and John's family from my friends and from the wider community is that no matter how low I'm feeling or how down I am I know I can always pick up the phone so you know for me it's to never lose hope because if I lose hope then I've lost everything and I've lost so much unfortunately you know I have to hold on to hope in that so I suppose again that for me would be another message from from John Thomas and Amelia is never to lose hope. The incredible Geraldine Mullen. You've been listening to Ready to Be Real Conversations. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.